uh, as you're opening up your Bibles to Acts chapter 28, let me get a yeehaw. Woo! We are in the last chapter of Acts. Are you guys excited? Has this been like a marathon for you guys? Has, has this been like, oh, when's he going to be done? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I've enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope it's been good for you. We're in the very first part of Acts uh, chapter uh, 28. And uh, as you're turning there, as you're getting your sermon outline uh, either pulled up on the Bible app or uh, get your notes out or whatever, the title of today's message is Glory Through the Ordinary. And, you know, people love heroes. People love heroes, whether in real life or fiction, whether in sports or stories, people love heroes. Uh, they love heroes. They love the, the MVP of the team. They love the champion on the battlefield, the, the rescuer in the story or the movie. People just love heroes. And what draws us to heroes is, is the amazing, the incredible, the, the oh, outstanding, the <laughs> just want to shed a little light on the subject, you know. Uh, what draws us to them is just, you know, is just how incredible it is and, and, and the, fant- the sometimes fantastical things they do. And, and for just a little while, we get to lose ourselves in that story. We get to lose ourselves in that moment. We get to, to see what they're doing uh, and just immerse ourselves in, in, the, in that extraordinary moment. And people love heroes. And, you know, over the past couple of years, we've, we've been learning about the early church, the early believers, and, and we've seen some pretty heroic characters, haven't we? You know, we've seen the, the early believers, you know, guys like Peter preaching on the balcony and, and seeing thousands of of people come to faith in Jesus in one day and get baptized in one day. Uh, people like the, uh, the believers at Antioch who were just faithful people who were praying and the Holy Spirit came and they started a missions movement that impacted the, the whole known world and we're still feeling the impacts of it today. Guys like Paul that we've been learning about for the past uh, 13 or 14 chapters who uh, is just, just this larger-than-life character taking the gospel to people in places that had never been seen before and seeing God do miracle after miracle after miracle as he went. And, and we love stories like that, but I don't know about you, but that's pretty intimidating to me. As I think about living an unwavering life, we're in this series called Unwavering. As I think about living an unwavering life of faith, faith in God and dedication to spreading the gospel and commitment to serve where God's called, I it's, it, it's pretty intimidating to me. I'm just an ordinary guy. I'm just regular, ordinary me. And maybe you feel the same way. You're like, I'm no Paul. I'm, I'm no miracle worker. I'm not this great missionary that God's going to use to take the gospel to unknown places. I'm just a regular, ordinary person. Well, I have encouragement for you. That's exactly who God uses. It's just regular, ordinary people. God often gets glory through the ordinary. God often chooses to, yes, he, yes, he receives glory through the amazing and through, and through the miraculous and through the incredible, but, but he also receives glory as you and I just live normal, ordinary lives. And we just do faith, we just faithfully do whatever God has called us to do. Day after day, week after week, Year after year, God uses the ordinary to bring him glory. And that's what we're going to see today in Acts uh, chapter 28 in, in, in this story about Paul. 
this first chapter, this first part of the chapter is really not very exciting. I mean, there's some cool things that happen. There's some miracles that happen. But the way Luke presents them is just pretty, eh, you know. We, we went to this island, and, you know, this miracle happened, and this other miracle happened, and then we healed a bunch of people, and then we left. You know, he just presents it in this pretty run-of-the-mill way. It's just like, yeah, here's, a, here's sort of a historical account of what happened before we got to Rome. It's just Paul doing what Paul's always been doing, you know, just ordinary stuff the way Luke presents it. And I think there's something we can learn from that. At least when I look at this, I, I see Paul just doing what came natural to him, what was ordinary for him. And that's what God uses. That's what God does as he gets glory from the ordinary. So the setting for this, uh, if you weren't here last week or if you know, you've slept since last Sunday, the setting for this is Paul is headed to Rome and the ship that he's on uh, has encountered a storm and um, the, the angel of the Lord has, has told Paul, look, the ship's going to be destroyed, but none of y'all are going to die. And so Paul tells the, uh, the crew and the, and the prisoners and the soldiers that. He says, you know, have faith in God. We're, you know, the ship's going to go down. We're going to lose everything, but not a one of us will die. And sure enough, that's what happens. You know, uh, the, the ship, they, they see an island and they, they set sail for the island and they get stuck on a sandbar and the ship's getting beaten and battered by waves. It gets broken apart, but they all uh, jump overboard and the ones who could swim, swim to shore and the ones who couldn't, you know, uh, they grab onto to floating pieces of debris and they make it and not a single person died, just like God said. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? That's pretty incredible. So then we pick up in chapter 28. Beginning in verse 1. Remember, this is Luke giving this account of, of, of Acts. And he says, Once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. And the people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake, driven out by the heat, bit him on the hand. And the people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, Ha! A murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. But Paul just shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. The people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided he was a god. Near the shore where we landed was an estate belonging to Publius, the, the chief official of the island. And he welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. And as it happened, Publius' father was ill with fever and dysentery. Paul went in and prayed for him. And laying his hands on him, he healed him. Then all the other sick people on the island came and were healed. As a result, we were showered with honors. And when the time came to sail, people supplied us with everything we would need for the trip. It was three months after the shipwreck that we set sail on another ship that had wintered at the island. All right, so a pretty matter-of-fact story, right? I mean, just sort of, hey, here's an account of what happened on the island. And in 11 verses, he just kind of squishes in three months' worth of stuff, you know, like, dear diary, I haven't written in a while, but here's what happened, you know, kind of deal. Uh, we did some stuff, we healed some people, we came, we ate, we saw, we slept, we left, you know. But, but here's, here's what we can learn from this story about being ordinary people that God uses, that God can get glory from as we, as we just live our ordinary lives. And here's a few things that stood out to me that I want to share with you. How, do we be, how, how can we be ordinary people that God uses to bring him glory? Well, number one is this, if you're following along in your outline, let God surprise you. 
Let God surprise you. Listen again to verse 3 and 5. It says, As Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake driven out by the heat bit him on the hand. But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. So Paul's just gathering wood. You know, he's, 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 he wasn't preaching in a synagogue or, or in a temple. You know, he probably wasn't expecting anything out of the ordinary to happen. He probably wasn't expecting God to do a miracle right then in that moment, you know, getting bit by a highly venomous snake. Matter of fact, the, the, the big miracle had just happened. The big miracle of them all surviving the shipwreck and making it to shore alive, just like God had said, that had just happened. But God wasn't done. He, he had directed that ship to the island of Malta. The people there, uh, it, was, it was an island filled with superstitious people. You know, at first, they, they think that, uh, you know, they believed in the Greek gods, justice, there in your text. In some translations, it's a capital J because it's referring to the uh, Greek goddess uh, Dice or Dike or Dicey. I don't know. It's kind of Dicey. I don't know. But he was referring to a Greek goddess of justice. And so they're saying, hey, you know, even though he made it out of the, the sea, justice you know, the, this Greek goddess won't let him live. They, so they're superstitious people. And then when they see that he doesn't die, they're like, oh, he must be a god. You know, they're just swinging back and forth on this, you know. But, but God directs Paul there, directs the ship there. These people have no knowledge of who the one true God is. They haven't heard about Jesus. They haven't heard that if you place your faith in Jesus, that he died on the cross for your sin and sins and God raised him back to life, that you can be saved and you can have a relationship with the one and only God. And so God chooses this moment. He surprised them and probably surprised Paul. There in your outline, God will use you in an amazing and unexpected way as you're going about your very normal day. Let God surprise you. He will use you in amazing and unexpected ways as you just go about your very normal, ordinary day. The best thing that you and I can do is to serve where God wants doing what he wants, when he wants, with whom he wants. That's not in your outline, so where, what, when, and whom. Serve where God wants, do what he wants, when he wants, with whom he wants. That's the best thing you and I can do. And as we do that, that's when God shows up. That's when God surprises us. That's when God uses our very ordinary, normal lives and does amazing, incredible things that bring him glory. First thing we can do to let God use our ordinary lives to bring him glory is let God surprise you. The second thing we can do is let God interrupt you. Let God interrupt you. Let him interrupt your day. Let him interrupt your life. Let him interrupt your plans. You know, in addition to, to, to letting God surprise us as we go about our lives, we can let God interrupt us just to step into our day and give us a chance to be used by him, even when we might have other plans. Listen again to verse 7 and 8. It says, Near the shore where we landed, there was an estate belonging to Publius, the chief official of the island, or the, the governor of this area. And he, and he welcomed us, and he treated us kindly for three days. As it happened, Publius' father uh, was ill with fever and dysentery, and Paul went in and prayed for him, and laying his hands on him, he healed him. You know, this, this had to be a really welcome moment for Paul and his friends, right? I mean, they've been, they've been on a boat for, uh, for, for months. They've been, they've been out to sea for at least a month or more. There's been a couple of weeks where, that, where, where it's just the, the ship's been 
just tossed by the storms, lost at sea. They're guaranteed that they're going to, they're, they're uh, the ship's going to go down. They've got to swim to shore for safety. They're cold. They're wet. They're, you know, they're warming themselves by the fire. And then, you know, the local official says, hey, why don't you come to my house? Why don't you come and, and, and warm up? And, and here, here's, a, here's a fresh change of clothes. And here's some nice soft beds that you can sleep in. And here's some food. And just be my guest. And they're probably thinking like, oh, finally. You know, finally we get a break. Finally, you know, we just get a chance to, to rest. And then right in the middle of it, yes, that was a blessing for Paul, but God had plans to use him. God had plans for Paul to be a blessing and thus point someone to Jesus and bring him glory. By the way, let me just pause. I, I've, I've talked about, uh, about pointing people to Jesus. I've talked about sharing the gospel. Has anybody noticed that there's no mention of sharing the gospel in this text? Does that stood out to anybody? Yeah, and so, thank you. And, you know, I'm reading this, and I'm like, wait a minute. You know, there's miracles being done. And all throughout Acts, all throughout Acts, there's, you know, whenever we see a miracle, it's almost always there to open the door for the gospel to be proclaimed. All throughout Acts, miracles were there not just, you know, to, to heal somebody or to do something cool. It was there to get people's attention and to, and to verify and validate the message of the messenger. All throughout Acts, we see Paul, everywhere he goes, his pattern when he gets to a new place is to present the gospel, is to engage people with the gospel. It's his passion. It's, it's what he longs to do. It's what he's called to do. And so what a lot of historians and commentaries say is even though it's not explicitly said that Paul shared the gospel, it, is, it, it should be understood. It's a safe bet that Paul did share the gospel. When we get to heaven, we can ask, hey, Luke, why didn't you write that? Why didn't you include that? You know, so it's a pretty safe bet because that's just who Paul was and what he did, and that fits the, the pattern in Acts. But that's what's going on here is, you know, you know Paul, you know, he had a, a blessing, you know, him and Luke and, and whoever else was with him. They had a blessing of being able to rest, but God chose to interrupt that and give them a chance to, to bless. Here's the application for us. Let God use you. Let God interrupt you. Let him interrupt your day. Have a plan for your day. Have a plan for your week. Have a plan for your life, but hold on to those plans loosely. Set them before God and, and pray something like, like this. Lord, here's what I've got before me today. Here's what I've got before me this week. Here's what, where I think you're leading me in my, in my job and, and in this relationship and, 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 and in all these other areas. Here's, here's what I think is you're leading me, but you are God, and you have the final say, and you have the first say. And you have the say in between the, the first and the last. You're God, and you can redirect me at any point, at any time. You can change my plans. You can move me if you want to move me, or you can keep me when I want to go somewhere. You are God, and your plans overrule my plans. Well, that's a scary prayer, isn't it? Preacher, I don't want to pray that. I like where my life is going. I like how I've got things mapped out. It's going to be, you know, but... Let God interrupt you. Let him interrupt your day. I can't remember if I've shared this story or not. I shared it Wednesday night during prayer time, and the, the people there said that they'd never heard it. A couple of them are kind of old, so maybe they just can't remember. I don't know. But uh, about a couple, two, three years ago, we were down at Christian Challenge, and we were, uh, we were feeding the, the college students. It was August. I think it was the first uh, Christian Challenge uh, 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 worship night of the season. Uh, of the semester, and uh, we had a bunch of Chick-fil-A sandwiches there. Zach, I think you were there, weren't you? Yeah, and, uh, 
you know, there's a few sandwiches left over. Uh, I may or may not have hidden one to make sure there's a few sandwiches left over, but there's a few sandwiches left over, and I was driving home, and I couldn't wait to get home and get my Chick-fil-A, and I had a bottle of water there, and uh, as I'm coming home, I'm passing, I'm on the interstate, and I think, I think it was Cold Road. As I passed Cold Road, no, Wilmot Road, doesn't matter. Anyways, as I passed Wilmot Road, I looked over to the side, and it's hot because it's August. I looked over to the side, and there's a guy in a Suburban down off the interstate, down close to the fence with the hood up, and I thought, man, that's got to stink to be in this heat with your car broken down, and man, that stinks. And God said, I, I felt like God say, pull over and, and help him. And I'm driving, you know, it's, it's 65, and I was doing at least that or more. And I'm driving, and I'm like, God, I don't want to pull over. He said, pull over, give him your water and your Chick-fil-A. I was like, I don't think I heard you right, God, you know. <laughs> and I'm arguing with God as I'm driving 65 or 70 miles an hour, you know, and this is happening in real time. And God's like, I'm telling you, you need to pull over and give that guy your sandwich. Even if you can't help him fix his car, you can at least bless him. And I'm like, I don't want to give him my sandwich. I've been waiting for this sandwich for hours. And this is, and, and I'm arguing. Finally, God's like, pull over. And so finally, when I got to Colbro, because that was Wilmot in between, this is all like in the span of less than a minute, I, I was like, fine, and I boom, got off the interstate at the very last moment. And as soon as I did, God said, okay, I just wanted to see if you'd be obedient. You can keep on going home. I was like, really? And I mean, I'm serious. I, I had this argument with God over this. Have I told this story before? No? Okay, cool. Y'all think I'm crazy, but I had this argument with God, and God was like, I just wanted to see if you'd be obedient. To my, to my leading. You don't need to turn around and circle. As a matter of fact, I was like, no, I'm turning around and I'm going back. He's like, well, then you're going to be out of my will. So I went home. I enjoyed my Chick-fil-A sandwich. <laughs> but let God interrupt your day. And sometimes, sometimes he might just interrupt you to see if you'll be obedient to him. Not because he's going to do some big, major, awesome, incredible thing, but just to see, are you yielded? Are you abiding are you depending on him? Let God surprise you. Let God interrupt you. Third thing, let God amaze you. Let God amaze you. Let him take your ordinary, everyday life, your simple obedience, and use that to do far more than you ever dreamed or imagined. Let God amaze you. Number three, Look what happens at the end, the last, just the last couple of verses of this story, verses 9 through 11. It says, then all the other sick people on the island came and were healed. And as a result, we were showered with honors. And when the time came to sail, the people supplied us everything we would need for the trip. It was three months after the shipwreck that we set sail on another ship that had wintered on the island. For three months, Luke says that, that he and Paul got to minister to the people of the island. The, 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 the sickness that they had was dysentery, and it was caused by a bacteria in the goat milk that people were drinking. And so the people heard of the miraculous healing that had happened there at, the, at, at, at Publius's house, and they started bringing, you know, they started coming to Paul. They started coming to Luke. And for three months, they got to minister to people. It wasn't just, oh, wow, I got bit by a snake and didn't die. It wasn't just, oh, wow, I got to heal a person. It was three months of getting to minister to people's needs, getting to uh, heal them. Maybe even Luke in his uh, training as a physician got to do some just regular, ordinary, you know, medicinal healing. And maybe Paul got to do some miraculous healing. There's some debate on, on what kind of healing was happening there. But for three months, I, I believe they got to share the gospel with everybody who came. 
because Paul was willing to be used by God, because he, he let God interrupt his day, because he let God surprise him, Paul got to see God do amazing things. They got to share Jesus with more than just the governor. They got to share Jesus with everybody who came. Here's the application, guys. Faithfulness in small things opens the door for greater ministry. When you and I are faithful in the little things, when we're faithful in small things, it opens the door for greater ministry. You know, you might be wanting to do more for God. You might want to, maybe you're serving in an area and, you, and you're, you've been waiting for God to do something big in that. Maybe you're, 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 you've been asked to serve somewhere and you're like, well, that's, that's small potatoes. I, I want to do something like this, you know. Maybe you're wanting to see God do something more in your, in your marriage or in your family or with your job or, or, or among your friends. Let me ask you this. Are you being faithful in the small things? Are you doing the little things that God has told you to do? Before God does this through you, are you letting him do this? Are you being obedient in the, in the little areas? Is there some area that he's spoken to you about that you still haven't obeyed or still haven't followed through? We shouldn't expect God to do amazing, incredible, awesome, huge things through us if we're not going to be obedient in the little, bitty, ordinary, day-to-day things. And the last thing is this. Let God... Surprise you, let him interrupt you, let him amaze you, and then finally, let God use you like he's shaped you. Let God use you like he's shaped you. Pastor Noah and I were talking about this just the other day, how, how God used Paul the way that he shaped him. God used Paul's passion and his zealousness, but he redirected it. You remember Paul, back in chapter 8 and, and chapter 9, you know, Paul is persecuting the church. Paul is, is, is hunting down Christians. He is, and he says in Galatians even, I think it's Galatians, where he talks about being zealous after the uh, traditions of his ancestors, the, the Jewish traditions, uh, Judaism. And so Paul was a zealous guy. Whatever he was doing, he was just full force, 100% after it, you know. But then when he, followed, and when he started following Jesus, he didn't stop being zealous. God just redirected that zealousness. God just redirected that, that towards pointing people to Jesus. Listen, guys, God wants to change you. He wants to change you. He wants to make you more and more and more like Jesus. But he also wants to use the way you're shaped so that you can point people to Jesus. God doesn't need to make you weird to get you usable. And I think that might be a relief to some of y'all because you think, oh man, if I'm going to be a Christian, I'm going to be weird because I know some weird Christians. How many of y'all know some weird Christians? Okay, if you don't have your hands up, you might be the weird Christian, all right? But, and, and that keeps us. We're like, I just want to be normal. You know, I don't want to be a weirdo. Listen, if you're a weirdo, God's going to use you in, to, to reach other weirdos, you know? If you're in the military, God's going to reach you, use you to reach people in the military. If you're into sports, God's going to use you to reach people in sports. If you're into music, God's going to use you to reach people who are into... Okay? God has shaped you in a certain way, and he's given you experiences and a heart and a passion and an excitement for things. God can use you, ordinary, normal, everyday you, faithful you, just serving where he's placed you. Walter Knight tells the story of an explorer going through the wilds of Alaska in the early part of last century. And in the, in the bitter cold, he came to a little church and a mission school where there was a lone missionary who preached and taught. The explorer said, what are you doing out here in this cold, desolate, out-of-the-way place? How can, you, how can you waste your life in a place like this? Asked the explorer. 
The missionary just smiled and answered, God sent me here. And here I shall remain until I die or until God gives me further orders. The explorer looked around at the, at the, at the empty church and, and said, but the task is, here is hopeless. You, you seem to have made so few converts in all these years. These, the results don't seem very impressive. The missionary said, results are not my business. I leave the results with God. I must be faithful and do my best. Guys, all God wants from me and you is for us to say, yes, Lord, to whatever it is he wants. Yes, Lord, you can use me. Will you let him do that? Will you let God use your, your energy and your effort and your ordinary life? Will you let him redirect that to pointing people to Jesus? Some of y'all here today, before God can use you, he's first got to get a hold of you. Before he can change where you direct your energy and your effort, he's got to change where you're, where you're going to spend eternity. Has there been a time in your life where you have trusted Jesus as your Savior? I'm not asking if you go to church a bunch. I'm not asking if you give. I'm not asking if you serve and teach or any of that stuff. I'm asking, has there been a time in your life where you can look back and say, yes, I know without a shadow of a doubt that I placed my faith in Jesus to save me. If there has, then praise God. If not, we're going to pray in just a moment. You're going to have an opportunity to do that. And God can change your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for what we've been learning in Acts. Thank you, God, that you use ordinary people to bring you glory. And God, I pray that every single one of us today will say yes to you. Yes, God, you can use me. Yes, you can use me to do whatever it is you want to do in, in big ways or small. I'm just saying yes. I don't even know what you're going to ask, but I'm saying yes. If that's you, will you just call out to God right now, just in the quietness of this moment, will you just call out to God and say yes? Yes, God, you can use me. Maybe there's been an area of your life where you've been disobedient to him. Maybe there's a sin you've been struggling with. Will you just confess that and repent of it? And say, yes, God, please use me. Purify me. Cleanse me. Make me ready to be used. Maybe there's a, something God's called you to do and you've been hesitant to say yes to him. It may be serving in an area. It may be uh, being obedient in some area. And you know you need to do it, but you haven't. Will you just call out to him and say yes? I'm tired of saying no to you, God. I'm ready to say yes. Maybe your yes today is to say yes to Jesus for the very first time. If that's you, if you're ready to place your faith in Christ, you can, you can pray along with me. There's nothing special about this prayer, but it's, it, maybe it'll help you to repeat after me as I pray this prayer. If you're ready to become a Jesus follower, if you're ready for your life to be changed by placing your faith in Jesus, would you just pray this prayer with me? God, I know that you love me. Just say that to him. God, I know that you love me. I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry I've been saying no to you all my life. I believe in Jesus. I believe he's your son, that he lived a sinless life, that he died on the cross for my sins, that you raised him back to life. Today I commit my life to Christ. I do so by faith. It's not about me being good enough. It's not about me stopping doing bad things. Jesus has done everything. I place my faith in him today. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for a brand new life in Jesus.
In Christ's name I pray these things. Amen.